Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to episode three of the Worth More podcast season two. I am your host, Cami Bleece, and I am so thankful that you are tuned in and listening again. Just a reminder, if you like this podcast, please go and subscribe, rate, and review. It means so much to hear back from you and to know that you are loving this and why and share with your friends and family and anyone who you think could use some encouragement or maybe some insight into some of these things that you're learning more about or caring more about. And I think this episode will be a great episode to share because it really digs into questions that I think a lot of us have, and that is why we are gaining weight and why it's so hard to lose. And this in some ways can be a really simple question and answer, and in some ways it just isn't. So that is why I wanted to dig in on this episode and kind of break it down and try and help you come to the best answer that I have found for now. And hopefully that encourages you and inspires you to realize that you are worth more than your weight and how to change your lifestyle out of that true belief. Okay guys, let's jump right on in. So I want to make this clear, just like I don't believe that you can make an assumption about someone based on their gender, based on their race, based on their political beliefs or religious beliefs and so on, I do not think that you can judge and understand someone based on their weight. I think we think we can because culture has essentially tried to define how fat people are or how thin people are or what that means in society, what that means for your status. But really, when it comes down to it, we know that in so many ways that just based on how we look or what, you know, we might believe that doesn't wrap us up nice and tidy in a bow. And I think that I really want to remind us of that because weight is an issue that people are really starting to discuss and talk about. And I think it's great that we're holding this up to the light and saying, But why have we made these assumptions about people? And why have we been told that it should be easier and essentially it's our fault? But why am I working so hard for this? And I love that. I think that this conversation is important to be had. And I am thankful that you're coming along on that journey with me. So along this road, you know, I think a lot of people try and define weight or health through the... BMI or body mass index. And this is just arbitrary and not useful and not helpful. And maybe you don't even understand body mass index or have no, you know, you're like, I don't care. Mainly you're focusing specifically on your weight, that number on the scale. But either way, I do want to touch on body mass index because I think We ultimately, a lot of our doctors, or I've read it in numerous, numerous health books, and it's a simple way that we are trying to define our health based on our height and our weight. And it basically uses that to determine your quote, quote, level of obesity. And it makes direct assumptions based on your health and your risk for various diseases or death. But it does not take into consideration anything else. Just like we said earlier, you can't just judge a book by its cover based on race, gender, political beliefs, religious beliefs, and so on. You cannot just assume you know someone's health because of their height and their weight. 
It doesn't take into consideration things like your habits, your gender, your age, body fat, muscle, any of those other factors that truly are so important in this. So let's just let that go. I'm sorry if you're on the BMI train, but I'm going to need you to hop off because it is just a waste of time you worrying. There have been times in my life, I'm usually I would say probably in the normal range, but I'm always on the upper end of the normal range. And I have friends that are much more active and probably eat a lot more nutrient-dense food than me that are in a category of more overweight or obese. I have friends that are having habits that are a lot less healthy than me that are in the um, ideal weight category, right? So when we are trying to define somebody by this number, it really doesn't give us the snapshot that we think it does. So why, um, I don't know, you know, why we have used this for so long, but I think I'm, I think we're moving into a time where luckily that is no longer the case. So the truth is, is that your body is so smart and it is trying so hard to keep you alive. And research has shown that our body really tries to maintain our fat at a certain level in which we ourselves uniquely are designed to function our best. Now that is not necessarily a size four or a size 24. It is specifically towards us and how we uniquely function best. And that is what I've referred to before as your set point weight. If you haven't heard me talk about set point weight before, I'm gonna do like a super fast brief overview because I definitely brought it up more than once. Basically, our set point weight is the weight our body tries to maintain when we're listening to our body's hunger and fullness signals, when we don't fixate on our weight or our food habits, and the weight that we keep returning to in between diets. And I put a little star next to that one because that one was so important for me. And that was the one that kind of made me be like, oh, that's why I keep going back up to that weight after every single one of my diets, after every single time I reincorporate a food group or I stop obsessing about my workout routine, every time I give any sort of lax or grace in my regimen, boom, my weight went right up back to that. And I think people struggle with this because it's maybe not a number they're comfortable with. My whole you know, life that I've been focusing on dieting, I haven't been comfortable with that number. And The reality of that is that when you're fighting to keep your body weight below that number, it means you're fighting to keep your body at a weight it doesn't want to be at. And that is why it gains the weight back so fast after you've come out of your dieting stint, after you give yourself any sort of wiggle room. And it might, maybe you feel more confident at that number. Maybe you just, you feel like you're a better human being, you're more worthy, whatever. But I don't think that fighting your body down to that number is worth the mental sacrifice or the relationship that most people have with their bodies and with food is worth it. I don't think it is because the fear around if I miss my workout or if I have too much of a treat or whatever and what it'll do to your weight, that's not living. And I posted a quote on Instagram the other day, and basically it simply says, you are not placed on this earth to beat yourself up, compare yourself to other people, and die. And I know that's kind of just like dramatic, 
But we aren't. We aren't here to diet and to fight our bodies into weight loss and submission and obsess about the six-pack abs and the all the other whatever terms that they're going to coin and die. Our life is meant to be so much more than that, so much deeper than that, and we are defined by so much more than that. So we have to let go of this fantasy that weight loss will bring us. And that kind of happens through better understanding why our bodies gain weight, why it resists weight loss, and what we can ultimately do to find balance and peace through it all. (laughs) We are in this together. I assure you that it's still hard for me. I want to be completely candid when I say there are still times where I see pictures of people or I see myself and I'm like, oh, if I just was stricter in the next couple of weeks or if I just gave this up or maybe if I started working out more, I could look like that. And then I have to remind myself that it's not true because I've done that before. And I've never looked like the person I've tried to look like. And I've never been happy. And I've never been satisfied. And even when I got close, I still didn't feel good enough. And I'm luckily to a place where I can have that dialogue back and forth with myself. You know, I know I'm sounding crazy, but it helps. (laughs) And once I have that conversation, I allow myself to say, it's okay that you feel the pressure to do this because it's the culture we live in. But do not sacrifice your mental health or your life for this fantasy that isn't real because you've already tried. You've wasted 20-something years trying. And it's time to do something different. It's time to do something else. So let's dig into kind of why we gain weight and where that sort of ultimately comes from. The simple truth is that weight gain occurs when the food energy we take in exceeds the energies that our body spends. It's really pretty much that simple. However, I would say that the conventional approach to weight loss and the culture we live in exploits this simple fact, making us that believe that if we just ate less and or we just worked out more, boom, we could lose weight. Well, let's be real. We know this isn't totally true because you yourself have probably tried this and the weights come back on and you haven't been able to maintain it or you've tried it and you haven't lost the weight. Or a number of other things that ultimately make you realize, let's just look around. Obviously, we know people's weights are going up. That is just a fact. It doesn't necessarily mean that like there's this epidemic of health proportions, but our weight is going up as a culture, and we have to be able to understand why. And guess what? It isn't just your fault that you're lazy, despite what has been shoved down your throat. It isn't just going to simply be fixed by a low-carb diet or giving up a food group or going to the gym seven days a week. It isn't going to be fixed that way. And maybe that's bursting your bubble. Maybe that's the first time you've heard that. Or maybe I'm you've been like, geez, Cammie, I know you've said this a hundred times. Guess what? I have to keep saying it because sometimes I have to remind myself. And I think that it is the narrow margin of belief right now in our culture. We want it to be simple. We want it to be easy. That is why diets are so freaking popular. They promise results in a short amount of time with a very simple guided diet plan, a little pill, X, Y, and Z, and all your problems can be fixed. This isn't true, and it's time to realize that dieting is part of the problem. So one of the reasons people gain weight is through dieting. 
And that's kind of a bummer. But there are so many studies done that have shown that people who never dieted actually maintain a lower set point weight or a lower weight than somebody who has done a lot of dieting. And dieting actually activates what are called your thrifty genes in your bodies. And it those genes basically are a part of you to keep you alive and they increase your hunger drive and they decrease your metabolism as well. Why did I say the metabolism in that cadence? Maybe y'all didn't notice. I felt like I said it weird. Um, They decrease your metabolism as well as trigger other weight gain mechanisms, many of which are out of our conscious control. And all it's doing is saying, oh, Here's a season of famine. Let me kind of switch how the body is naturally working to make you hungry, to make you eat so that you eat more so that next time you don't have enough food, we have the supply, we have the storage. And this yo-yo dieting effect because you've tried this diet and that diet and then this diet and then gone back to this next diet, this yo-yo dieting effect has totally screwed up your body because it has thought it's gone through these feast and famine seasons. So it's ultimately reacting to seasons where you didn't feed it enough or you didn't replenish it after a lot of workouts to seasons where you just didn't give a crap and you ate or did way less than you needed to do or ate way more than you needed to do. So dieting has absolutely contributed to our weight gain as a culture because it has completely warped our view of food. It's completely turned off our internal signals and it's made us not trust ourselves and it's messed with our metabolism. These things, despite their most well-intentioned promises, are not having the effect that they promised. So the second reason that we're kind of seeing some of this weight gain is we're eating more not real foods. probably a better way for me to say that, but we're eating less real food (laughs) and we're eating more processed food. Here's the deal. I totally eat packaged foods. I totally eat foods out of a box or out of a bag and whatnot. Ain't no shame in my food game. However, the reality is that when you're eating food that is not completely whole or natural or whatever, your body doesn't necessarily know what it is to then say, oh, we've had enough or we need more. So the signals almost get crossed because you're eating, let's say, a power bar or you're eating a bag of chips or you're eating whatever. And your body is like, I have no idea what this monosuclide tectoral dichotomide thing is. How do I say you've had enough of it? And typically all of a sudden, when you've had too much is when that signals like, okay, okay, that's it. That's it. So it's harder for your body to recognize and register that there's been a sufficient amount eaten or more than a sufficient amount has been eaten. So that's why I think it is important that even in your diet, no matter what, you're still making an effort to eat real food. Because at the end of the day, our bodies know what to do with it. Our bodies know how much we need, how little we need, what more we need, what we need less of. 
You know, people, that's why things like maybe Whole30 are helpful for people who feel like they might have a sensitivity to something. It isn't a diet program. It isn't a weight loss program. It is not meant to be used for that. It is meant to be used to say, hey, if you think dairy's messing with you, let's eliminate it and pay attention to when you add it back into your diet and see what it does. Your body will react based on how it likes or dislikes things. But so often we're just like, oh, I'm going to take a pill for it. I'm just going to ignore it. I'm just going to do it anyways. That we're totally cued out from what our body's trying to tell us. We don't even know anymore. I'm sort of speaking for myself. I love dairy, but I definitely think I'm one of those people that dairy affects. And it is important to try and honor and fuel our bodies with things that help it function optimally. And that doesn't mean all the time, every single minute of every single day, but it means a lot of the time because these are the one bodies that we have. And I do think that we should take care of them and love them no matter what that looks like, obviously. But there's a way that you can take care of yourself and respect your body in a simple way, like eating less of something that you obviously can see it doesn't like. The third reason is that We often seek food for the wrong reasons. In short terms, this is considered emotional eating. Maybe you don't feel like you um, struggle with emotional eating, but a lot of us use food as a means for so much more than what it was originally intended for. So we use foods as a reward as a comfort, as a friend, when we're sad, guilty, bored, frustrated, lonely, angry, or when we're celebrating, when we're connecting. We have turned to food like, oh, you got a job? Boom, let's go eat food. Oh, it's your birthday? Boom, let's go eat cake. Oh, boyfriend broke up with you? Boom, here's ice cream. And not to say, yes, eating is an emotional thing. Food is an emotional thing. We are able to feel emotion around food. However, if you are choosing to only use food as these mechanisms rather than dealing with your emotions, then you are eating more than you need because you don't actually know how to take care of yourself emotionally. This isn't like a way to like shame you or judge you. It's just maybe I'm trying to make you aware of something maybe you weren't aware you were doing. And I think I realized I'm a bored eater. If I'm just kind of bored and I'm looking for something to do, maybe I just go grab a snack. And I've had to catch myself and be like, yeah, I'm definitely not hungry. But here I was about to consume something that my body didn't need and didn't want out of boredom, out of just something to do. And there's so much else that we can do instead. And if you are feeling sad or lonely or angry, I encourage you to try and channel that elsewhere, whether it's journaling, whether it's talking to a friend, where it's getting outside and breathing fresh air, where listening to music, you know, food has been used as a comfort and as a numbing mechanism for many people. And really what you have is not necessarily an eating problem. It's an emotional problem. And we numb in lots of ways these days, right? Alcohol, sex, drugs, Netflix, Instagram, video games, anything that essentially allows us to disconnect 
from where we're at in this moment and just focus on something else is numbing where we're currently at in our present. And all of these things in and of themselves are not bad. However, well, I'll say drugs are bad, right? <laughs> let's, let's make that clear. But all these things in themselves are not bad, but when you're using them as a coping and as a way to not deal with your emotions, you're only going to feel worse and you're only going to feel more frustrated. So I think that that is one of the reasons that we are seeing an increase in weight for some people is because we're seeking after food in a way that it was never meant to satisfy us. We are emotionally starved and we are trying to feel comfort in something that will genuinely never satisfy us. Stick with me, guys. I only have two more. Um, the next one is you aren't getting enough sleep. And that really is a thing. If you are not getting enough sleep, it is likely over time you will begin to gain weight. Why is this? Well, sleep actually drives down our leptin levels, which means you don't feel as satisfied after you eat something. Those cues are not as, they're just kind of dulled. And it actually causes your ghrelin levels to rise, making you hungrier, just making you want more food, making you want to eat more food because you need more energy and you're tired. So as much as you're like, oh, eight hours of sleep is overrated, in so many ways, including your weight, it can affect you. So I encourage you to prioritize getting sleep. And maybe that means that you turn off, you know, whatever, electronics, <laughs> or you come home a little earlier. But getting more sleep overall will make you feel happier and feel healthier. The final reason that I'm going to discuss today is stress. And I think that despite how much easier certain things are in our culture, we are all still very stressed out. And we have found that stress combined with a nutrient-poor diet can result in more weight gain than if you were stressed but still eating kind of a nutrient-dense diet. And essentially, it's because you know, going back to some of those other things that I've already talked about, when you're not fueling your body with things that it needs and knows how to use, and on top of that, you're stressed, you will see potentially some weight gain. And when you're stressed, your cortisol levels, which are your flight or fight hormones, rise and they flood your system. And it's kind of meant to give you this burst of energy. However, if you don't have an enemy you're actually fighting or running from, now your bloodstream is flooded with all this sugar that eventually, unused, turns to fat. So if you are in this constant high-stress job, I have worked with clients and have had friends who are in constant high-stress jobs, and they see this weight gain happening despite the fact that lifestyle-wise, there hasn't been much change. And it is because their cortisol levels are so high that they cannot come down and actually allow their body to relax and function properly. And it keeps getting flooded with all this sugar that's ultimately turning into fat. So it's easy to assume, right, that 
weight gain and weight loss is this simple A plus B equals C and yada yada, and that diet and exercise will fix everything. But really, ultimately, at the end of the day, it is so much more complicated than that. And the great part of realizing that is that you can let go of this belief that if you just ate less and you just worked out more, it would all be easier. It is more complicated than that, but your body is also smarter than you're giving it credit for. And what we really need to do is completely shift our focus out of our weight and onto our habits and onto our lifestyle. Because if you only start getting more sleep or eating a more nutrient-dense diet or moving more or whatever for the sole goal of weight loss, what happens when your body reaches its set point weight and wants to stay there and you no longer see weight loss? Then we resent these wonderful habits because our intentions were completely wrong. But the reality is that active people are much healthier than sedentary people regardless of their weight because exercise helps with so many things. It can help prevent and cure so many diseases. It can help with your mood and your confidence and your energy level all apart from your weight. And when you eat foods that you love and you pay attention to what you're eating, you'll feel more satisfied. You'll feel more connected to yourself. You'll feel more connected to your body. And at the end of the day, connecting to the lives that we are currently living is so important. And we need to stop tuning out for the next diet or tuning out for the next fantasy of our lives or tuning out for if then I can be that and start paying attention. Your body wants you to be functioning well and taking care of itself. And you need to fuel it in a way that you love and it loves and find balance for you. That'll look different than your friend. That'll look different than your partner. That'll look different. But when you are feeling your best, it doesn't matter what that girl on Instagram is doing for her meal plan for the day. Guess what? It ain't gonna work for you. These this is what I ate in a day is interesting because maybe you can get some recipe inspiration, but you will not look like her because you eat like her. And you need to embrace that you are so much more than your weight and so much more than your weight loss. You were not meant to live, diet, and die. You are so much more than that lifestyle and so much more than those things. And if you can step back and focus on the whole of it, focus on your life as a whole and realize that your weight is just another thing about you and it doesn't define you and it doesn't have to hold you back and it doesn't have to be the way in which you value your worth or you believe in your worth, then you can truly start living from a place of self-love and from knowing that you aren't defined by the societal standards pressed upon you. So what you, at the end of the day, your weight really just says so little about who you are. And we need to stop fighting with our bodies and start fighting for them. We need to start working with them. And we need to just tune out the noise of the diet culture and tune into our own bodies and emotions. Because I promise you, you are absolutely worth it and it will be worth it when you choose to do that for yourself. So I hope that you found this insightful 
and maybe a little encouraging. And if so, please go share it with your friends or your family or refer them to this podcast. Let me know what you want to hear about. Again, I appreciate you. I hope you know how amazing you are and that you were created for so much more than the simple A plus B and I formula that some of us have chosen to follow for so long. So it's time to step out onto your own path. You can absolutely do this. And I cannot wait to be chatting with y'all again soon. Have a good one. Bye.